Hey guys, this is Tina Recklage, and you're listening to the Grow and Go podcast, the show about growing, challenging, and encouraging each other to dig deeper than the social norms. Let's grow and go together. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Grow and Go podcast. I hope you guys are having a good week, um, having a good quarantine sesh, and living your best life, as my man Chance the Rapper would say. <laughs> uh, guys, this is almost the end of season one, and overall, I've just been reflecting on how awesome and how great these uh, talks and episodes have been, and how they've been encouraging you guys and different people, and how they've just been giving a new light to some topics. So that's been really cool um, just to see and hear from my perspective, because not all the time do I get to see um, what's actually going uh, behind the scenes in your heart, uh, in your mind, and through your soul. So um, I really do believe God be moving, God be good uh, to us daily, no matter how inconsistent we are. Um, so I hope that these messages bring some hope and some encouragement, uh, encouragement uh, through this weird and kind of strange time that we're in. Um, but hey, we're all in a growing phase. Uh, we're all in a growing place. We all still we're still seeds in the ground, slowly growing and blossoming into who God has created us to be um, each day at a time. So uh, with all of this said, with all of this in mind, uh, let's just jump right into this week. And let's start by sharing the embarrassing story of the week. Okay, so recently I was cleaning out my um, I was cleaning out my room, and I found something that I was pretty I was pretty uh, pretty shocked to see. And so <laughs> um, I was cleaning out something, and I noticed that I found my album. Some of you are probably like, what are you talking about? And some of you who know me are probably like, oh, <laughs> you found your album. So this happened like seven years ago. Um, I was dating this girl at the time. Uh, she will remain anonymous, by the way. I am not going to name her. But I was like, this is like one of my first serious relationships. And I was like, you know what? I want to do something nice. And uh, I want to I want to give her something good for Christmas. And in my mind and in my heart, I thought what better gift to give my girlfriend than me singing uh, four, sorry, four or five songs uh, with me and just a piano that I barely knew how to play. <laughs> and so I thought, oh, this would be a perfect gift to give her. So um, little did she know, I went to um, a recording studio that my mom's then boyfriend, uh, cousin owned. And it was very like it was in his basement. Like it was very low key. And it was, it was not, it was very sketch. And so I went down there and I was like, Hey, like, and I don't even know. I was like 16, maybe I was a, like a sophomore in high school. And I thought like, the, I thought I was actually good. Okay. That was another thing. I legit thought I was like going to make it one day, um, as a singer, songwriter, whatever. And so I like went to the recording studio guy and I was like, Hey, like I'm going to sing these songs for my girlfriend. And he's like, all right, cool. Let's get rolling. And so um, little did he know that I was not a good singer. And so we were recording and, um, we finished all the songs. We did really, really good. And we were listening them back. And, you know, of course, in my mind, I thought it was good. So he like did it. He mastered the whole thing. 
and I thought it was great. And so, um, we, uh, we, we bring it back or, uh, or, or like we finished everything. We, we finished, you know, the finishing parts on it. And I, next thing I know, I'm holding my own very album and it was very exciting for me. And I thought, man, I'm making it, you know? <laughs> so I, I got it, you know, I wrapped it up and I gave it to my girlfriend. She loved it. But as of now, looking back and seeing how, how awful of a singer I was and how untalented I was and how the high notes I thought I could hit were very, they were, I missed them essentially looking back and seeing all of that. It is very embarrassing to listen to, and I'm sorry, but you guys will never, ever be able to hear it because I am never going to display it out loud for anybody to hear, and here it goes. No, I'm just kidding, but so that was my embarrassing story, and to this day, oh, and by the way, another thing, this whole album, don't ask me why I decided to name it. I thought it was edgy. I named the album Road. (laughs) And it was weird. It was like we had like a photo shoot. Like there was like lyrics, there were pictures in the whole like little pamphlet, like inside the CD, like uh, box thing or whatever. It, it was legit, but it was not because I was an awful singer and it was an awful time in my life. And it was very embarrassing. So, <laughs> but anyway, that's my embarrassing story. Uh, we'll see you guys on the next one. So, anyway, okay, let's just get right into it. Okay, so by the time that you listen to this episode, uh, it will be my 23rd birthday. By the time that you're listening to this, I am now 23. So, woohoo! Uh, you know, like Blink182 once said that nobody likes you when you're 23. So, I guess I have a pretty good year ahead of me. But for my 23rd year of existing, I really wanted to take this year as an opportunity to just dig deeper and dig more into some wisdom by reading a book a week. Now, I've already. I've already started this this past week, and it was really interesting just to see how much I, one, like reading, surprisingly, and two, how much I've learned in such a short matter of time. So I thought, why not learn more and more every week, not for the sake of having all this useless information stored, but to expand my perimeter of learning by continually being disciplined enough to sit down for one hour a day and just read. Um, So I decided to start that and I'm going to be doing it until I turn 24. So if you guys could uh, keep me in your prayers for that, I really want to do this. And, um, and yeah, so the first book of the new Tanner uh, was called the path between us by Suzanne stable. So in her book, she talks about the Enneagram personality test and which, which I'm a huge fan of, by the way. Um, I think I've mentioned this obsession with the Enneagram like three or four times on this podcast. So you're just going to have to either bear with me or take the test and talk to me about it because it's so interesting. So for a refresher, Uh, The Enneagram is a personality test that places you in one of nine types. So, for example, I am an Enneagram uh, 4, which means I'm a creative, emotional, misunderstood bro. Uh, So when you take the test, you'll you'll be placed in one of the nine types. It just goes off your percentage of how high you test um, just by being honest with the questions. And uh, not to say say that you are defined by your type, but you're ultimately – because you're ultimately determined by God. But it's so interesting to learn learn about, you know, people like you and what goes through your head and what motivates you and your other people to do things. It's like so fascinating. And I would totally encourage 
any anybody listening to this to take the test and just study on your type because it not only helps you to learn more about you, but it helps you to love you more um, and to understand why you do things the way that you do. So, um, but on that same topic, one of the things I learned in that book is uh, there are uh, nine types and one of the types is called the helper, which is the Enneagram type two. So people in my life, uh, includes my close friend, Maddie, uh, my sister who was on this podcast already, uh, a couple of coworkers, et cetera. Um, and some famous type four, so, sorry, some, t- some famous type twos that you might know include, um, ex-president Jimmy Carter, uh, Paula Abdul, uh, Bill Cosby, Madonna, John Travolta, all those people are considered type twos, which is really cool. Um, but what separates that type two from the rest of the types is their way of helping people. Hence why they're called the helper. Uh, Type twos are people who are super relational, super driven by just doing selfless acts, and they want to keep people by all means. They love being relational. And they are both loving, encouraging, and they're also driven to make people happy or filled by whatever they do to serve them. So type twos, they're they're honestly some of my favorite people just by the people who I know that are them. Um, But there was one line while I was reading this book one night. Um, there was one line that the author wrote that really made me think a little deeper, and uh, and that was when she described the type two as um, a people who have a strong sense of knowing what people need at any given moment. So in other words, I hope I marry a type two, <laughs> honestly. So, um, But it's it's so cool because they have this strong sense of, hey, I know what you need in this, so let me just fulfill that for you. And that line of thinking got me thinking about how God knows every little thing that we need as well. So as we go on, um, just think for a second. What's something you need that only God could give? Like what's that one thing that if God gave that to you, you'd kind of feel a better sense of presence or or the presence of peace, peace wash over you? Like what is that one thing that if you knew that like God could give you, that it would just wash you over with peace? Or more so, what's something that God can promise you that you're trying to find on your own? So my mind, when I ask that question, uh, my mind instantly goes to the Israelites who were walking around in the wilderness for 40 years as opposed to 40 days, um, which would have been a much quicker trip. And my mind goes to that story about how God sent the manna in the matter of that time. And I think of how another time, how Jesus got in Peter's boat uh, while he was in the water around them and the, the water was had no fish. And Jesus literally said, throw out your net. And the next thing they knew, the whole net was so full that they couldn't even get it on the boat. Or how the one time Jesus healed the paralyzed man that four men brought to him and how Jesus literally told the man to get up and walk and he did. And so if you're not noticing this, or if you haven't caught on, there's a theme here, and here it is. God has all we need. God supplies every resource we are in need of. Hence why in Isaiah 41.10, it says that I will strengthen you and I will help you. Or how it says in Psalm 54 verse 4, that God is my helper. And also in Hebrews 13, 6, when it says that we can confidently say that the Lord is my helper, I will not fear what can man do to me. God is a helper. And I want to take that first and rephrase that last line of what can man do to me by asking, what can man do for you that God cannot? And if you already know the answer, the answer is nothing. 
No earthly relationship can satisfy us enough and give us what we need. Nothing can satisfy that is on earth. No person can fulfill every desire within your heart. No girlfriend, no boyfriend, no boss, no neighbor, no sibling, no one. God is the only infinite being that can give you what you need, which is just crazy to think about. So when our shift goes from what do I need that man can satisfy me to what can God bless me with? Our results won't only be the only thing that's different. Our hearts will be too. You see, when we choose to find satisfaction on earth, we are far from experiencing the freedom of being a child of God. We're instead choosing to be slaves of sin. We're we're essentially taking the ownership of being a child of God and saying that sin and the things that make us feel good in the moment is worth more than God's, you know, what his label is on us. You know, so if we're choosing to not look like a child of God by our actions and we're choosing to find what we need in the world, then we're missing the point. But the bright side is that we are no longer slaves to sin um, because of what Jesus did on the cross. And we are no longer slaves to sin and to our own fleshly desires. And we don't have to search for scraps when we have a father that knows how to feed and he alone can satisfy. And it says in Psalm 37, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And when we choose to saturate ourselves in God's ultimate fulfilling promise, we no longer have to, we don't, we no longer have to want what we need in the things that are fleeting because God is the only one who can give us what we need. He is so satisfying. Look, no filter here. Honestly, if you're looking for intimacy here on earth, it can take you to places you never wish to be. You know, that intimacy that you have this desire for, which isn't a bad desire, it can turn into downloading a dating app like Tinder, swiping right on someone, meeting up with them in a parking lot at night, expecting that desire of intimacy to be longfully fulfilled in a matter of just a few short minutes. It will do nothing but leave you feeling empty and looking for the next high. It will not satisfy you long enough to make you feel or be complete. And that's a piece of scrap. All the things outside of God's will are scraps if we aren't realizing that God has the whole buffet ready for us. God wants us to sit at the table with him and to feast with him because he truly knows what we need and what's best for us. And that's a hard thing to do, to trust that someone outside of ourselves knows what's best for us. But I want to give another little analogy too, and I'm I'm about to get real nerdy on y'all, but so just be prepared. So, Star Wars creator, just by saying that, I know some of you are probably like, oh no. But Star Wars creator and mastermind George Lucas, who was a director who created the whole six, the first six movies of the uh, Star Wars uh, trilogy or whatever trilogy, whatever elegy. <laughs> um, he's a phenomenal storyteller and director. And since Star Wars A New Hope came out in 1977, people trusted that George Lucas was in full control over everything Star Wars content. But after he made the first six movies of the franchise we, we know and love, he gave that ownership over to someone named Dave Filoni, which isn't really important who he is or whatever, but this guy knows his Star Wars. Okay, Dave Filoni is the biggest Star Wars fan of all time. And so I suppose, uh, and I get it, some people were probably iffy about the move of George Lucas, who literally created Star Wars, 
to give Star Wars over to Star Wars' biggest, biggest fan. I get people who were very on the border about how they felt about this, considering George Lucas knows Star Wars. But in that time, Lucas knew it was only time, knew it, not, it was not only time to pass on the torch, but it was time to entrust it in the hands of someone else, some, someone people had a hard time trusting. But to this day, and that was years ago, but to this day, Dave Filoni's work on Star Wars has been the most trusted work since Lucas was gone. And I'm bringing this up because I saw an article recently that said, uh, it, it was titled something like, Filoni knows what is needed for Star Wars. And the same is true for God. Would we surrender that we aren't smart enough and that we think we know what we need over to his hands? We can trust that God will replace the small pieces of bread for a loaf for us to enjoy. When we surrender that God knows what's best, even when it doesn't make sense to us, we can enjoy the benefits of receiving what we need from him. Because not every child understands discipline, but the parent knows that that is what is needed in order for the child to mature. You know, sometimes we don't understand why God takes relationships away or causes things to happen that we normally wouldn't pick. And I don't blame us. You know, we're putting it from an outsider perspective. It seems like we're putting our trust in an unpredictable God. But if our hearts can soften and remember that God isn't out to get us, but is instead for us, then we can fully trust that every decision he makes is for his glory and our good. And we don't have to wonder if he accidentally screwed up a plan. He doesn't. He is perfect. He is just. And he has all that we need. So Psalm um, 121 verse 1 through 8 says this. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is, is at your right hand. So friends, where does our help come from? If God has all we need, then we have all we need because he supplies everything. He isn't just a resource. He is the source who can give us infinite resources. God will supply every need for us, not because we deserve it or have somehow earned it, but because it's for our good and for his glory and because he loves us. We are his children. Parents love to bless their children and he loves to bless us. Our help is from him. So challenge of the week. I want to, I, I, and this is something to say that I have a hard time with too. So I'm kind of challenging myself on this one as well. <laughs> so challenge of the week, go on a walk. Um, Unless you live in like the rainforest, uh, you you can take a lap. Honestly, you can go around the block once or twice. And I've been learning to walk outside instead of going to the gym for a walk, uh, mostly because quarantine sucks and most gyms are closed right now. But um, but go on a walk. And why? Why is this important? Because not only will you get to see some beauty around you that you normally wouldn't see by driving but because God walks beside us, he walks with us. And this is such a cool illustration of just how much, if we just take the time to just walk instead of running, because we're very, very, we like to get things done. You know, we like the hustle, but God says, no, just walk, just walk with me. 
And even if it's just around the block once or twice, go outside, you know, just bask in his beautiful creation. Like he made so much that you wouldn't be able to see like every, like just by looking at every strand of grass, you know, every house that he had an idea for and the people inside those houses that he made, it's just a such, it's such a beautiful concept, but so just bask in his beautiful creation and enjoy some breeze too, because it's getting nicer out too. Um, so go for a walk this week. Honestly, I promise you, you will not regret it. And you'll always, I, I, I've noticed that I always feel better after going on a walk too. Um, so go out, do that. I hope you guys stay safe. Keep it real this week. We'll see you guys next time.